Welcome to episode 22 of Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, presented by Quantum Workplace. In this podcast, we explore meaningful and actionable insights to help you become a better manager. I'm Dr. Dan Harris, lead researcher here at Quantum Workplace. In this episode, I'll be conducting an interview about job burnout. Think about the last time you felt absolutely exhausted after you were done working for the day like you were just drained of energy, whether in your body or your mind. But move that up a notch to feeling exhausted after work every single day. Or think about a time you noticed a team member acting distant. Their mind was on other things. They were slower than normal to respond to emails or calls. They just didn't seem there anymore, you know? Or even think about when someone became more negative. And I mean consistently negative, like someone being cynical about everything, not just one disagreement or something. Those are all burnout symptoms, things you feel when you're experiencing job burnout, feeling frustrated, apathetic, cynical, or exhausted because of your job. Burnout itself is an interesting term because in the most technical sense, burnout is a fire that totally destroys something. So when it's applied to job burnout, this is someone who is having a part of them destroyed. Their fire, or you know, their engagement, interests, motivation, energy, that's all being snuffed out like blowing out a candle or pouring water on a fire. That's what's happening internally to someone who is going through job burnout. But don't just take my word for it. This episode is unique when compared to all other episodes before it. In the past, it's only been my voice. But now, and from time to time in the future, I'll be spotlighting individuals with expertise and or experience in people management. I had a chance to interview Paul Gomez, Director of Organizational Development at Children's Mercy Hospitals. Throughout the interview, we covered different aspects of job burnout, like how people managers can help their teams navigate or avoid burnout, the importance of being curious about team members, and even helping teams build resilience. With increasing job demands, being put on employees, like longer hours, more workload, there's a higher frequency of job burnout. How can people managers handle and navigate that burnout? Thanks for the question. I think what I would say to a listener would be to think about the relationship, the working relationship as a reciprocal one, uh, where employee inputs uh, and employee takeaways are, it's kind of an exchange, if you will. And I think about, to your point, the question of uh, multiple demands, increasing demands is kind of the the inputs. And so what are they getting out of it? So I think I'd start by suggesting, you know, really evaluate what the experience is for the employee and how you're balancing both the give and take in the work relationship. And then what kind of give and take things should managers look out for to evaluate? So I think the first place I would start would be sort of on the emotional side. Uh, of the relationship with work. And I think employees really want to feel supported by their leaders. I think they want to feel appreciated by their leaders. Uh, I also think employees seek both autonomy in their work uh, and to have a voice behind their work. So I think that would be one place to start. I think a second area I would recommend or focus on would be 
I find burnout to be a highly individualized experience. So what one person may think of as balance is going to vary. Uh, so, you know, a leader's uh, effort to, say, take the team out for lunch may feel like an imposition to some, uh, while others may appreciate the time away from the day-to-day work. So, but really understanding those unique needs. And then I think the third key takeaway for me would be, for a leader or for the listener of the podcast, would be, would be to simply think about what are the different tactics. Uh, you know, people aren't often taught in their lifetime how to be resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I'm finding in, in some of the research really are some basic, basic strategies uh, for dealing with burnout, such as breathing techniques, just kind of calming the mind, calming the body. Hydration uh, is another example of what happens to our brains when, when we're dehydrated. And of course, the, the always take up, you know, five minutes and walk. I think sometimes people think, oh, I've got to go work out and, you know, drive to the gym and spend an hour and a half doing that. And p- part of the research just says, no, it's, it really is about those five minute stretch breaks. Just get up and walk around the office for a bit if you can. So would you recommend that managers take those factors into mind? Like if they start to notice certain symptoms of burnout, like disengagement, not enjoying their work as much, they seem exhausted. Do you think managers should bring up those things of, are you drinking enough water? Are you breathing? Get up five minute walk or are there different tactics that managers could take to help their team members through those instances? Those moments. You know, I think it's, I, I think it's more of a question answer. Uh, I think when a leader starts to notice symptoms of burnout, I think they, they should get really curious about what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. Uh, again, because it's such a highly individualized experience, I think it's important to find out what matters to that individual. So be curious. And I think that's where when leaders are asking questions, you know, I, I do think it goes back to, again, some of the research into the topic that says when an employee feels supported by their leader, that alone reduces the potential for burnout. Mm-hmm. And I like that phrase when you said be curious because whenever I read see things about manager tactics, tips, suggestions, be curious is often a thing of, oh, be curious, be open to new ideas, be curious for creativity and innovation. But it seems like you're framing it in terms of be curious about the person, be curious from a caring perspective. That is correct. Again, I go back to one of uh, my premise uh, on the topic, which is it is so highly individualized. You know, and I, I look at, you know, workplace environments and, and what's worked and what hasn't worked. And I think some of the, you know, uh, I guess maybe mid-90s when we were talking about work-life balance is kind of being a thing mm-hmm. um, in organizations' efforts to try to create work-life programs. I don't think they were as successful because they were built for the masses. Mm-hmm. And that's not where I think uh, burnout really goes. You could have somebody who, you know, is deeply passionate about their work, working 12 hours a day, and they won't exhibit signs of burnout because they may not be. Yeah. Whereas that might trigger different things for a different individual. So so I would really focus, again, that curiosity of, of the what what does that give and take relationship look like for that person? And then how could managers best tap into, spark, continue that curiosity so they're aware of those kinds of unique triggers in each individual within their team? So one of the things I, I appreciate and that I, I like to leverage is the stay interview, uh, which is kind of the periodic check-in of the what's bringing you back to work every day, what, what excites you about your work, 
And, you know, I think the stay interview itself is, is a little, little, at times misconstrued as the, oh, it's a 45 minute conversation I need to have once a year. Mm -hmm. And it's, it really is just a series of questions over the course of time of, you know, like, how are things going? How are you feeling about the work assignments that you've had? What's your balance look like? So really just periodically asking just different questions uh, along the way. And one topic you've mentioned consistently is this idea of resilience. Is it more from the perspective of a resilient manager, of managers kind of training and coaching toward resilience in their team members, both? That's a great question. I, I think it is both. I think it, I would put the responsibility on the individual who may be experiencing burnout to really understand what rejuvenates them, uh, what gives them uh, energy. Uh, and sometimes that's simply the, are they taking time for reflection? You know, in the stories of, you know, people who drive in to and from work, you know, do they have the radio on or are they, are they kind of in quiet mode, listening, thinking, sometimes that, that's a re-energizer. You know, I hear stories about people using that same commute to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of depends a little bit on that, but I would put that on the individual. I think what I would put on the, the responsibility list for the managers uh, really is to create uh, that supportive environment to ensure that they're recognizing the contributions of their people. So this is a slight change of uh, topic, but it's still about burnout. With everything we've talked about, one question I have is slightly different, is what about burnout from team members who are constantly connected, like texting all the time, being on call, even emails, because with increased technology, almost an invasion of technology into people's lives through work, that has also increased instances of burnout. So kind of what's your assessment of that? So my assessment is we need to help individuals learn, I'll call it the off switch, uh, which is how do I set boundaries? Because you're right, technology is ever present in our lives. It's easy to you know jump into your inbox from your mobile devices. Uh, if you're working at a multinational company, it becomes a 24/7 experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really is about how do we create those spaces where we don't have technology. You know what I hear from people is is oftentimes that's simple things again like I don't put my mobile device next on the nightstand mm-hmm. uh, when I go to bed. Or uh, when we go to dinner, we put our mobile devices away or we don't take them. I recently uh, heard of a dining experience, I believe it was New York, where uh, as part of the service, when the the waiter approaches the table, they bring a box Mm -hmm. and they ask everyone to put their phones in the box and they take it away. (laughs) And when it comes back, it's got your phones and a candy bar. But it's how do you create those kinds of experiences and really draw those boundaries of making sure that the moments that give you balance and therefore resilience and, and hopefully a burnout deterrent, uh, you've got to create those spaces. And I think we need to help people do that. The World Health Organization recently classified burnout as a syndrome, an occupational phenomenon with negative health implications. So in other words, you can now be diagnosed with burnout. What do you think about that? I think that supports what I've seen in the research as well. 
And I think it is, uh, I, I think it's a, a growing issue, a growing concern. So in addition to the availability of technology permeating our lives, along with that comes the increasing information flow. Uh, and I think just the struggle to, for individuals to keep up with that is a significant issue. Therefore, I think that's why it's important, both from an organizational perspective, as well as a leader perspective, to really talk to people around what they're doing to manage that. Because mm-hmm. I do think it's an avoidable diagnosis. And along those lines, what do you think about people, especially managers and leaders, who think that burnout may just be an excuse that employees might use to get out of work? How would you address those kinds of managers and leaders? I think where I would talk to a leader on that topic or that question would be really to reground them on their role. Their role is to ensure their employees are engaged in their work committed to the outcomes that they're trying to produce uh, and therefore develop the right strategies to, to do that. So in the scenario where someone, a leader may be thinking that, oh, this person is just using that as an excuse that they don't have to come to work, there's a different issue there. Uh, and I would certainly uh, seek to understand what is that issue. Mm-hmm. I would encourage the leader not to use, not to, to dismiss the message of burnout because, again, I think it is a growing concern that every leader should at least uh, be curious about. Are there any trends in burnout or how burnout is treated or responded to that especially interests or intrigues you in some way? I haven't done enough research to know or to have a commentary on what's effective. Uh, I think there's still, I think our understanding of both the determinants of burnout are still emerging. So I think it's certainly something we are going to continue to hear more about. Uh, and I think as individuals react to and respond with, I, I think we'll have a more informed viewpoint. But I think for now, I come back to uh, helping people find the right strategies, the right work techniques. And, and that, again, it's going to look different. Is it, it could be, you know, I'll talk from my example. One of the things that re-energizes me and it gives me energy is when I get to go see my kids' games. And so when, when they're in sport and I'm on the sideline, that feels like a good thing for me. Uh, and so I've got a contract with my leader that says, you know, hey, on this day I'm going to leave the office maybe an hour early to be at my kids' swim, whatever it might be. But I think it's, it's really doing what we can to ensure that those individuals do have that time because that's all we really can give back is that time. As a recap of this episode, Paul talked about a variety of tactics that people managers can do to handle and navigate job burnout. One tactic is to think about the reciprocal relationship between yourself and your team members. It's a give and take that you should balance, especially around the kinds of demands and boundaries you're placing on your team members. Another tactic is to frame job burnout as a highly individualized experience. Burnout symptoms may look and feel different from person to person, so you can't assume that everyone will act the same when they're feeling burnt out. Like even the symptoms I listed at the beginning of this episode, like exhaustion, cynicism, and all that, are just general guidelines to consider. Through that tactic of individualizing burnout, it's important to be curious about your people. Find out what matters and doesn't matter to them. Conduct a stay interview, even if it's more informal over lunch or whatever. 
Just have a gauge of how your team members are doing and feeling, preferably with frequent conversations and support. And that's it for this episode. Join me next time on Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, where I'll discuss stress management in the workplace. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and share with your fellow manager. For more resources to transform the way you manage, check out quantumworkplace.com. Thanks for listening.